Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usebookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 17. I can't believe we have made it this far along Johnny B. I'm Mike Fulltime Media. Johnny B is the same guy. My background's fake. His is real. <laughs> he just he just has to one-up me here. No, he has a whole warehouse he's sitting in right now full of stuff. Not me. I'm in my penthouse third floor apartment. Today's topic, I, I guess it's, I mean, I can't even say it's really a topic. We're going to kind of debate some of the more prevalent ideas in the reselling community. And I'm going to let him pick first because like I said in previous episodes, I don't send him a script or anything, right? This is kind of just all on the fly. Um, so I've had a little bit longer to prepare as in like, we'll say half an hour to prepare. So I'm going to let him choose which side of the topic he wants to defend. And then I'll kind of, you know, say my piece on the other side. And then we'll kind of talk about it as a whole and move through them. We got quite a few topics here. We're going to jump right on into it. Uh, the first one here is free shipping versus customer pays for shipping. Go ahead. Do you pick your poison? Free shipping all the way. Why? I mean, free shipping is, I think it's more of the norm these days. And we can thank good old Amazon for that to making it a household ex expectation because everybody box at shipping now, now that they've had free shipping, like, why do I need to pay for shipping? We, we got most things going free shipping or even free shipping if you purchase this much kind of deal, which is a form of free shipping, even though you're spending more to get that. I think that's that's the status quo. Now, for the people paying for shipping, I think it's a, well, there's no other better option that offers free shipping either at a lower price point. So you got to have to weigh, I'm paying a lower price, but I'm getting free shipping or no, I'm sorry, I'm paying a lower price, but I'm paying for shipping but I'm paying more to have free shipping kind of scenario. Like the shipping's kind of injected into the price itself kind of deal. All right. So, I, I just think it's an expectation of people these days, free shipping. So the heck with your free shipping, right? I charge shipping on every one of my Amazon merchant fulfilled orders, right? So free shipping can go, you know, away. I don't care. Um, so for why I charge for shipping on Amazon is they give you a, a shipping credit. So Instead of just relying on Amazon to automatically credit you that shipping credit, I charge the shipping. So, and I also think uh, with customer pays for shipping, a lot of people like to do calculated, right? You know, they don't want to see, hey, I'm going to do free shipping. And you have to weigh your items and do the dimensions prior to you list. Well, I guess you have to do that for calculated too. But what happens if I say it's a, a 14 ounce item? And I don't weigh it. And then when I go to shipping, I have free shipping. It goes from first class to priority. And all of a sudden, I have to, you know, lose profits where if I have a customer paying, say you figure out your, your flat number where it kind of covers everything, maybe $8 per item shipping across the board, like some of the larger sellers do, things like that. Um, I would almost say that kind of counteracts the free shipping where you're going to lose money. Because if you charge a flat fee, it's kind of like your average and you know you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. So that's my argument for the customer pays for shipping. I do agree, though. I think we do live in times where free shipping is kind of expected. So now let's kind of kind of what do you do in your business? Well, for Merchant Fulfilled, <laughs> uh, I do charge for shipping. 
for eBay, I do not. I eat the shipping on that. Um, I in the scenario you just brought up, sometimes I lose out. Like I do sell magazines, and I have to have them at first class. What happens is if somebody buys two or three magazines, it goes over that one pound, and I got to upgrade by priority. Um, and I eat that cost too, but they're buying three or four items at a time, which more than makes up for the extra shipping cost, or I might break even on the, what I would normally pay on shipping, even though they're buying in volume, but I really make out like this week I sold 90 or what's no last week I sold 95 Rancho magazines. That was a priority order, but they bought 95 of them. They spent over $1,200 with me. I'll pay for the stamp for priority on that every day. How much was it shipping? Uh, shipping ended up being... No, I lied. They had one standalone book order. So I was able to put it everything... Go media mail. I was yeah. able to do it media mail. Now, if I didn't, I did look at the price. I would have paid about $40 out of that That's still nothing. order. That's still I'm nothing. Okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And I think overall, uh, worrying about shipping kind of, you know... Just get your stuff listed, whether you charge for shipping or free shipping. Who cares? Uh, if you list it, it'll sell. If you list it competitively and it's something that's desirable, it'll sell whether you charge for shipping or if you do free shipping. So don't get bent out of shape. I know this is one of those topics where I see it a lot. You know, people are like, oh, free shipping or, oh, I don't charge for shipping. And I get, you know, a lot more sales than somebody that does. It really depends on what you're selling, honestly. Now, I have seen people offer free shipping, but they include like a service and handling or packaging fee. Which is because they're paying for the the expensive boxes or the stay flats. I use stay flats, but they'll charge for their stay flats. Um, but they'll they'll say the shipping is free, even though it's not technically free. It's like one of those fine print line items. Um, that's an interesting one too. I've always thought maybe I should add a shipping handling because I use expensive mailers for my stuff. So, but I, right. I think I get more sales overall than I would if I switch to that model. So that, that covers uh shipping versus customer pays. Next one is stock photos or you personally take the photos. Which side are you rolling with? For eBay. Yeah. For reselling in general. For reselling in general, I say it does not apply when it comes to Amazon land. Um, when it comes to eBay land, a single photo versus a stock photo, an actual photo is going to do better than a stock photo so so, so you want you take the photos for me personally in my business 100 i take photos and i take right. more than one all right so so all right explain why you rather take the photos than use the stock one before i blow up your spot the sell through is better because people want to see what they're buying so again it's a volume thing if apples were to apples let's say i don't know this honky chateau by Elton John CD. Um, if I if I just use a stock photo, it well that's a bad example. The CDs right in books is different. Let's go with this. This analog magazine I'm not going to do well if I just use a stock photo. I have to use a real photo because also this is probably an acceptable, maybe good condition because of all it's got scraping whatever. My words aren't good enough. Photos tell it all. Okay, so so th that's it, right? Your your photos, you know, tell the story of exactly what the product is. Exactly. So now I have to try to defend people that use stock photos. Okay, so when is the stock photo acceptable? Um, I guess if you're selling a brand new item that's in some kind of packaging, 
you could possibly get away with using a stock photo. But I also do think um, at scale, if you, you know, if you're getting truckloads and truckloads of stuff and you're cross-listing and it just uses a stock photo, because if you go on eBay and search for any book, you're going to see multiple stock photo listings. I think everybody can attest to that. Probably if you search for anything, even if it's used, you're still going to see people listing it with the stock photo. So there's a lot of, you know, huge sellers out there that do this and I'm sure they see results. So yeah, stock photos are important, but there's, there's also situations where I feel like, uh, or not stock photos, taking your photos is important, but I also feel like there's situations where stock photos you can get away with. I, I will sit here and say, you know, it's not the, I wouldn't, you know, never just upload stock photos unless I was a huge seller. And, you know, I had 50,000 books I was listing across multiple platforms and I couldn't upload <laughs> photos because of some kind of limitation. But I, I, th I think you're right here. Just to sum it up, I don't I don't think uh, stock photos, especially for what we do, have a chance against you taking your own photos. I know you agree with that 100 percent. Probably most people listening to this agree with that. But there are people out there that do sell a lot of new items. You know, you see if you like go look at clothes, right, you'll see the like the the stock photos of the people wearing, you know, like the Nike Adidas or whatever. It's not the somebody holding up the pair of, you know, Adidas track pants or anything like that. So there is a place for it. It just has to be very specific to what you're doing in your business, kind of like the first one. Right. It's kind of what pertains to you. There is, you know, no right or wrong answer. It's just what works for you in your business and what you're selling, like what your niche is. Right, like I said, like this Elton John CD, I don't think I would need I think this would still sell with a stock photo. Now, if it was a collector's edition signed by Elton John or maybe some exclusive rare cover art, I think it would sell better with actual photos. But for common stuff in CD and DVD land, I think you can get away with stock photos as long as you do a proper title. This, <laughs> I didn't even do this on purpose here. This next one we're going to debate here. Okay. We have. Hiring an employee versus staying solo. I mean, that's like me and you looking in the mirrors here. <laughs> wow. wow. You wrote this in advance, right? Yeah, yeah. 10 minutes in advance. Wrote them down. This one I've really struggled with. I th I really thought maybe going software, maybe going cross-listing was where I was going to end up as a solo op. But I like the way I do my eBay store and I like the sell-through rate of the way and how I do it with the photos, the extra descriptions, the really detailed condition notes. I have a lot of pride in that. And if I went the software route, that pride would be gone. And, may, and there's something to be said for swallowing your pride and just take the money and run, right? But if I'm going to be in this for the long haul, which I plan to be, I want something that I am proud of that I built. And so recently this year and funnily enough mike and i talked about this very briefly before we started this i'm going the employee route all the way um i think that's a play for me myself um uh, i know some other media sellers they're entirely software they swear by it and i don't think they're wrong i think they're very right but for me in my store and what i want to do i think i'm right for me me personally in my business but to each their own. I really encourage you to really give it some serious thought and think about what you want to do. If it is just a take the money and run scenario, yeah, go software all the way. No shame in that. But if you want to do something a little extra special um, and keep that, I'm going to call it small business mentality, even though I'm trying to be a big business with a small business mentality, maybe, maybe go the employee route. 
and there's less problems with employees. Uh, software can go down. Uh, software could get sued and be down for a while, or they can go out of business entirely. And you got to make that pivot to switch softwares because you got to keep business rolling, right? Uh, employees have the downside of I'm sick, I'm tired, I'm cranky, um, all other kinds of complaints. Um, maybe you fire them, have to get new ones. So there, there's there's pros and cons to both of them. But for me, I'm going employees. All right. So I'm stuck being alone the rest of my life. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Um, it's okay, are... Mike. You get to see me once a week on the podcast. You're just a fake AI I created that I did just act like, you know, you're, you're you could have done better. Why did you make me? Yeah. <laughs> to make it believable. Um, so I'm, st <laughs> I'm stuck with staying solo, right? So he kind of hit on a few things, right? Personally, be being a, a store manager previously in a previous lifetime, uh, dealing with people can be a headache. Um I understand the argument with software, but I mean, listen, a comet can come hit the earth and we're all done anyway, right? So I uh, get out of that mentality of thinking like it's the end of the line for everything. Um, per, but there are definitely challenges by staying solo. You have you have less overhead, but you have to be self-motivated. Mm -hmm. You can't just, you know, there's no, there's nobody else, right? It's just you. And if you're not motivated to do the job, then you're not going to get no results. And then your business goes bye-bye pretty quick now where if you have employees like you're saying you know your you, other people rely on you and your business so that that's a little extra motivating but being solo you kind of keep a a lower overhead cost and depending on what you want to do and where you want to be you know it's tough to have a solo business especially for what we do and you're going to make seven figures you know clear seven figures a year i'm not talking about sales i'm talking about you know you're making over a million dollars every single year by yourself that is super hard to do as a one person operation. Now, if you have, you know, if you multiply yourself by five times, think about, you know, how much easier that looks. But if you're comfortable, you know, making a, a comfortable living and you're self-motivated, being solo is perfectly fine. You just have to, you know, what's your business, right? What's your niche? What are you selling? You know, how much time does it take? Things like that. And at the end of the day, Johnny B can hire, you know, 50 people and there's never going to be another Johnny B, right? He can, he can kind of make them like Johnny B Jr., right? But he's not, he's not the Whopper. He's the Whopper Jr. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's not exactly the same thing. It still works, but you're never going to be able to replicate yourself. So I, I kind of want to hear your opinions on that since you're, you know, you're gun ho about having employees. Like you have a certain expectation in your mind, right? Because you know, the knowledge, you understand everything. You have to kind of, I would assume you have to dial that back when you're, you know, talking to employees and having expectations for them? No, absolutely. I mean, there, there's my standard and anybody I bring on, ha there has to be that time of them understanding and accepting that, that that is the standard. Now, am I going to yell at them for every little mistake? No, I'm going to explain why I want things done the way I want them done because they don't have a reason. They don't need to know the reason they're an employee, right? They just need to be able to produce the 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 final product the way I would like it to be. Um, and that takes time. And I don't expect them to learn it in two days because there's a lot, if you're doing listings the way I do them, uh, to it. And there's, every book's different. Every CD's different. Every DVD is different. Um, so I can't be full tilt with them 100% of the time. I mean, sure, there's days where there'll be fun conversations like that. Like maybe they want to learn a little bit more about business today. But they're here to do a job. They're here to clock in, clock out, get paid. That's that's what they're concerned with. And I have to acknowledge their needs too. 
All right. So that kind of covers it. You know, what you want to do, employee solo really depends, you know, what you, what you want to be. You know, Johnny B wants to be a warehouse manager, you know, with a, with a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of friends have, you know, employee cookouts. You know, my employee cookout is just me in the backyard with the grill by myself. Right. So <laughs> it really depends what you want to do with your business. Mike, you're invited to Hawaiian T-shirt Day. I'm just like, oh, Mike, oh, Mike, look, listen, he's already coming up with days for his employees. They're all going to be running to the hills. Right. Don't I'm not <laughs> applying to that job. Um, but yeah, it just it, yet again, you know, these topics, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just what fits for you and your business. So the next one here, this is, an, this is another good one. Buying in bulk versus cherry picking. I have to pick one. You got to pick one. I'm going to go bulk. Uh, my reason for that is I can still get some quote unquote cherry picked items I would get out of said bulk order. Now, I may have spent more money on the bulk order than maybe the two or three items I would have picked up by their own, but I know how to make money on the rest of this stuff. Thanks, eBay. Uh, maybe some Amazon in there too. But I just had better luck with that in my experience. Now, there's plenty of people who just cherry pick and they're really successful at them. I just don't think for me personally in my rural area, I live in the country, folks, unless I were to expand my radius, I couldn't cherry pick to the extent that I would like to be a cherry pick only kind of person. And I, I like, I actually like doing bulk despite all the problems that come with it, the whole processing it, the loading it, the unloading it. But I think it's more fun. I think it's more what's in the box. What did I buy? Cause I don't look at it all. I, I mean, I kind of give it a brush over, but I don't look at it all in fine detail until I get it in my warehouse and unpack it all kind of deal. And I think that's the fun part of the business for myself. Maybe I'm weird and that's okay, I guess. I already covered the big difference between uh buying in bulk and cherry picking at the beginning of this call. His background is real. Mine is fake. <laughs> that, that, that sums it up here for those that aren't watching. On Look YouTube. at all the cool stuff I have. He has real bookcases behind him on the Zoom call. And I have an imaginary bookcases behind me on the Zoom call. So uh, that, that I, I'm perfectly fine here with uh, having a 100% cherry picking business especially if you don't have the space or the time, because I'll sit here and challenge JB and say, one of those shelves behind him, how long would it take a single person to list all of those items on eBay versus if they just went out and maybe got a few more profitable items that were really profitable, more desirable, you would have a better experience overall if you want to keep this, you know, a small operation. Kind of takes us back to employees, right? You know, you have employees versus I don't. Uh, yeah. You have a warehouse. I have a storage unit, but, you know, it's nowhere near the size of your warehouse. So it's sure. one of those things where, where staying solo is – it kind of comes with cherry picking almost because it's so hard to do bulk by yourself because it's so easy to get overwhelmed with inventory. Sure, it's fun, right? You don't know what's in the next box. But yeah. sometimes getting to that next box might not be for a week because – you got to figure out what you're going to do with everything when you're buying in bulk, right? Because not everything is going to be a winner. Only a small percentage of it is going to be Amazon, eBay, wherever you're selling. The rest of it, you got to figure out what to do, whether that's redonating or, you know, yard sales or just listing it and see what happens. It, it's There's a lot more time when it comes to buying bulk versus cherry picking. And I, I think it's, I think a lot of people jump into bulk maybe too fast, no, I think that's true. I mean, we've seen people that just buy a Gaylord and try it out and we never hear from them again, right? 
<laughs> they did it once and they're done never again um and then you got other people who don't like you said they get in the situation of maybe they're just the amazon seller they're just taking the greens and sending them in now they're stuck with the 800 books what do they do with the 800 books well you can donate them you can recycle them you can burn them um you could try to find somebody else to take them off your hands you could facebook there's there's options but they could have made a whole lot more money on those 800 books and that's where my bottle comes in where i'm gonna sell those 800 books in my ebay business um in the 20 or 40 books i send to amazon while they're out of my life yay i like them out of my life less books to deal with sure but those other people they they're just trying to get rid of a problem where I'm trying to profit off the problem, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah. And and bulk is going to be a lot more time consuming. I don't there. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but there is no such thing as a part time bulk seller. I don't think it exists. I think you have to be committed full time if you're going yeah. to be buying any items in any niche in, in, in large volumes. The only way I could see it is like you said, it may take you a month or two to get through it and you don't do another bulk order until that's done. But that's even not- I would still say that's a part time per person. Dude, that is like Mr. Miyagi discipline. Nobody has that in this universe. OK, that just does not exist. Nobody's going to just sit there and have a bulk buy sit in their house for a month. If they do, it's going to be on next door free. Come get all my junk. I'm done reselling ad by, you know, the, the month after. Sure, sure. No, I, I think for by and large, really obs- at, excluding the obscure examples, no, nah, that's not a thing. Yeah. All right. So that kind of covers buying in bulk versus cherry picking, whatever one suits you better, whatever one you're more comfortable with, see better results with, roll with that. Personally, I do a mixture. JB, basically, you know, he's doing a mixture this year as well. I think that's the best combo candidate, you know, a little bit of both, make it make sense, make it work to your needs and uh, build it from there. So next one we have is free returns slash customer pays for returns or no returns. Free returns. And my only valid reason is if you treat them right, they may buy from you again. And I'd rather have repeat customers than not have them. Oh, Amazon makes you have free returns. But on eBay, it's a choice. I made the choice to offer free returns. But even on eBay, there, uh, if somebody wants to return your item, even if you have no returns, from my understanding, 95% of the time, eBay is going to make you return that item. Me being the customer or me being the seller, I have to take the return. You have to take the return. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the customer has to put in a valid reason. Yeah, item not as described. You can call eBay and try to argue your way out of it. Um, but if they return the item, I don't know. I, I've never tried to be a no return seller. I don't know the outcome of that, what happens in that scenario where they literally are trying to give it back to you, even though you've set the setting to no returns. I've, 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 I've seen and heard horror stories on YouTube. Well, I guess they're really not horror story, stories because you should offer returns one way or another. Um, even if you have, you know, customer pays for returns or something like that, where, you know, if they say items not as described, then eBay is going to approve that return every single time, even if it's something brand new. It's just kind of like you kind of hit on it. Like Amazon has created this mindset and expectation across the board where you can return anything 
whenever you want, however you want. It doesn't matter. And other platforms right. have to file suit, right? Because if not, then people won't shop there. Right. I think Amazon's something crazy. Like they'll say 90 day returns during Q4, but it's really, like you said, whenever they want, three years down the road. It's yeah. Silly. It, it's endless. I've I've seen returns, like you said, years, years after the fact. It's uh it's just part of doing business. And I think a lot of people kind of get caught up in returns and get all bent out of shape. Like, oh my, I got a return. Oh man, somebody returned it and said they don't they don't need it no more. Or you know, I got somebody, you know, I sold a brand new CD and they said, oh, I didn't know this this CD had uh, vocals on it. They thought it was just instrumental. Well, you still got to return it. It's not new no more. So you're not going to get that money back. It's just part of doing business. And if you beat yourself up over returns, it's going to be brutal. I mean, it's going to be you're going to be fighting an uphill battle a lot of days because it, it'll drive you nuts some days if you let it. And that's why, you know, I turned off all my return email notifications on Amazon because who cares? There's nothing you can do about it, right? Why am I caring about it? It's not like you can say, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it's already on its way. I mean, I had a return last week. I bought some Blu-rays. Even though it was in the title, Region B, meaning UK, uh, his player didn't play him. He didn't realize it, even though it was mentioned several places. I took the return. That happens. That's a problem. I'll just resell them. It's fine. So I ate the return fee. So I ate the stamp to him and back to me. Uh, items returned just fine. Now, I may have had a slight issue if they were like all broken or the wrong disc in there, but they weren't. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to resell them. I think most people, too, even uh, if they're shopping on eBay, I don't think people are looking that far into listings to see if they're if somebody has returns on. Right. They're buying the item. And then if they have to return it, then maybe they'll look. But by then, they already assume the item's getting returned to the person they bought it from. So I think it really doesn't matter. And people that try to say no returns, I just think you're fighting a losing battle, honestly, because like I said, eBay is most likely going to side with the customer as they should, because that's the only way platforms like that survive. You can't just make people keep things they don't want. Unfortunately, yes, there's people that take advantage of the system, but it, there's nothing you can do about that, right? There's always going to be cheaters, you know, scoundrels, swashbucklers, all that kind of stuff out there. And unfortunately, that's just, you know, part of doing business. Like I had one the other day, actually yesterday, uh, messaged me on Amazon. Hey, the the box with the book in it showed up and the box was tore open on the side and there was no book inside. What am I going to do? I mean, seriously, am I going to call the post office, you know, go through all this nonsense? You're not going to get nowhere. Who cares? I just submit the refund. I say to the guy, hey, sorry that, you know, something happened in transit. I issue you a full refund. You avoid the negative feedback, kind of give the customer a good experience anyway, and kind of move on with it. I don't care if, you know, if I got scammed out of it or not. And I didn't because he messaged me back. And you kind of can tell from conversations you have with customers. A real nice guy. So, you know, it's just part of doing business. Who cares? It's gone. Whatever. You know, I don't have it anymore. It's one less headache I got to deal with. I just opened up one of my eBay listings. Now, the little, little tiny font where it says returns right above the payments is super tiny and everybody's going to ignore that. But I did notice in red font, which is not black font like the whole rest of the thing, it does say returns accepted in bright red. So I guess that's how eBay is identifying it because it's been a while since I looked at my own listing on the front end. It's different on the back end. Well, and I think even like large, you know, e-commerce, uh, I'll give another a crazy example here. Like I would love to, I would have loved to have been the person on the other end of Deb. Deb ordered uh, 10 bags of catnip, came through uh, FedEx, I think. 
and we got the box. The box was uh like you could tell like somebody pulled the tape off the box. Mm-hmm. No catnip inside, but there was like uh PVC corner piping. So like the little corners of PVC piping. So somebody took the 10 bags of catnip and put in, you know, like five PVC elbows. Um and Deb went online, chatted with somebody, you know, on Chewy, said, Hey, I got five PVC elbows and not 10 bags of catnip. So do you think Chewy sat there and said, Deb, you're a liar? Like they didn't even they didn't even need nothing. I said, here you go. We'll send you out another 10 bags. Sorry for the inconvenience. And that's just how reselling is. We are businesses. It's not what Johnny B believes in. eBay doesn't care what Johnny B believes in. Amazon doesn't care if Johnny B thinks somebody stole it. It's their platform. And they're just going to have returns because it's customer friendly. Now, I have a buddy who is a tool eBay seller. He got a return with four packs of cool silk cigarettes in them instead of the tool. And he did the math. The guy paid more for the cigarettes that he put in there than the actual tool cost. Yeah. There's, there's, there's nothing you can do. It's just part of business. Unfortunately, you know, you just suck it up and deal with it. And and that's why I think you got to people got to get in the habit of letting it go. It's not controllable. Issue the refund erase it from your memory and move on. Right. I mean, I used to get mad at returns and that kind of stuff, but don't even phase me these days. It's like, whatever, cost of business, click button, move on. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members, along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.